Welcome to All You Need to Know, the show where you hear about everything and learn about nothing. Here are your hosts, Quinn Eaton and DJ Pig. Episode number 76 is here. I don't know if you're listening to it in your car, maybe if you're listening to it through headphones, maybe through a boombox, uh, maybe you're doing a potluck dinner group and you guys are all listening as you know a, a big gathering. I don't know how you're listening to it, but welcome to All You Need to Know. My name is Quinn Eaton. DJ Pig is not here today, so I brought in a expert on the topic, Alec Raboyne. Alec, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to be here for the Seinfeld episode. Right, and that, that's what we're here to talk about today is that TV show from the 80s or late 80s, early 90s, uh, or it, it basically covered the 90s decade, right. uh, but it, it started in the 80s. However, Alec, I will say that most of the time, whenever we start talking about a topic, or whenever we start the podcast, right. for some reason we just don't say what we're talking yeah. about until the topic transition. After I said that, I realized my mistake. Yeah, but. and that's perfectly fine because I know that, you know, we've got, this is the 76th episode, which is a little crazy to think about. So if someone, if someone literally came up and said, I've listened to every single episode of AY2K, I'd say, man, you need to find some something else to do. Like, you, you don't need to spend that much time listening to this podcast. Uh, I know that you listen to a fair share of them, mm-hmm. uh, and so you were, you were familiar enough to know... Ah, I wasn't supposed to do that because right. I saw the look on your face, and it's not—it's not a big deal. It's just something that we do for some reason. Right. But I, you know, I brought that up. Uh, whenever you're listening to it, uh, how do you listen to it? You listen to it in the car or with headphones? Headphones. What, headphones most Usually, of the time. Yeah. yeah. What do you think the the common place for people to listen to this is? Like, because I feel like, you know, you're probably chopping chopping out vegetables in the kitchen, maybe mm-hmm. making dinner. Maybe you're driving to work. You're stuck in traffic. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people listen to this, and that would actually be kind of interesting to find out. Uh, maybe like you know, shoot us an email and tell us how you listen to it. And maybe we could go through it. But how do you think the majority of people are listening to? Well, I guess your audience is probably mostly people around our age. I'd say so. Headphones, yeah. you know, walking to class and doing things like that. Sure. Last year for me, I didn't have class on Wednesdays. Right. And every day I would do laundry and I would listen to your podcast. Listen to the and, it podcast. Was, and it was perfect because the podcast would come out on Wednesday. And I would listen to the podcast, and then I would do laundry. Right, and, and that, so that that's nice, I'm sure, uh, because it is better than silence. Right. Uh, whenever for you sure. whenever you're listening to A12K, that's that's one of the our reviews that we got is it's a slogan. It's better. <laughs> it's better than silence. Right. Uh, so we we take that in stride, and we say, you know what, that's actually that that's actually true, mm-hmm. because sometimes whenever you're listening to something, it's not because you really want to learn about it, or it's not because you're super interested and and you like the editing format. It's just because. It's better than nothing. Right. And so that's what we, you know, we strive to be is better than nothing here at A1 and 2K. Big dreams, right? Yeah. And we're shooting for the stars for sure. (laughs) But the thing is, we have a lot, we have a big topic today. This is one that uh, it didn't win on the, on the poll one week and people were irate. They were like, wow, I really wanted it to be Seinfeld. Uh, And then someone else tweeted back at them and said, yeah, I really did want it to be that too. And so then I said, well, if, if this is what the people want, then I'm going to give the people what they want. You're a man of the so people. So our account, because we don't, we have a lot of people that we pay, because you, you're in the studio and you see you know, the, our producers over right. there and our editing teams over right. there. Expenses. We, we even have a guy, we, we pay a door $10 a week just to open and close the door for us when really? we're walking in and out. Yeah, which he's not here tonight because yeah, he was sick. Saying. But the thing is, there's a lot that goes into this podcast, a lot more than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I, I, I texted our, our social media campaigner and I said, hey, uh, tweet them back and say, just you know, we're gonna we're gonna take care of that in the next couple weeks. And so he did that, and there was a there was a someone sent the you know the the scene in Seinfeld where they're all uh, like dancing and they're all oh yeah they have their arms the up 
Yeah, so someone tweeted the GIF back at, at that tweet. And so now we are finally here, and we are talking about this great sitcom. Great. Possibly the greatest sitcom of all time. And I think that we should probably just go ahead and jump into it. Uh, you know, Like I said, DJ's not here for today's podcast, but I did bring in an expert on, the, on Seinfeld. Uh, someone that has probably watched... I would say at least every episode at least twice, right? right. At, you, least you, twice. at least yes, twice. At least twice. At least twice. And you've got your Seinfeld shirt on. Yes, I do. I'm so ready I, to go. So you're super ready to go. I'm also ready to talk about the topic. So we're not going to wait any longer. Without further ado, today's topic is Seinfeld. All right, Alec. So we are now post-topic transition, which means you can say Seinfeld as much as you want to. <laughs> is that nice? Isn't that? Is that? It it's feels, a weight it's off a your relief, shoulders. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm sure. So I said earlier, uh, Seinfeld started 1989 and went all the way to 1998. It went for nine seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's often considered, like I said, one of the best sitcoms of all time, if not the best sitcom of all time. And the it was it was basically created from the brilliant minds of comedian Jerry Seinfeld mm-hmm. and uh, writer, producer, and comedian. Larry David, mm-hmm. both of these two guys together, uh, they struck comedic gold, and it's just it's just awesome to watch this production that they put together. Like, the, I don't think that this show this show has any rivalry, like with any other show. It's it stands alone as I think its own thing mm-hmm. because it, there was nothing like it before. Right. It. Very unique. It's very unique, and I and I often think, you know, what if Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David hadn't met each other? You know, people say, what if John Lennon and Paul McCartney mm-hmm. hadn't met each other? But this is just as important. I mean, this Seinfeld, the TV show, is like the Beatles, right. I think. Well, it's because, and like a way to look at that too is they both have careers after Seinfeld. Yeah. But, and they're both great, but wow. together they made a show that it will stand, you know, so there, the test of yeah, time. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities between Seinfeld, the TV show, and the band, the Beatles. I would uh, love and, to and I, yeah, That's maybe, a great comparison. All right, so we're going to drop everything that we've had had planned today and we're just going to talk about how those two things right. correlate I'd be, sound, I'd be okay with that i think i would be too but just for the you know the the people that are tuning in right the they want to hear about they, they want to hear about seinfeld right. uh, for some reason because they could easily instead just go why do you why do they want to hear two people talk about it they could just go listen to probably mm-hmm. maybe an episode and a half instead right. of listening to this podcast however for some reason people are dying to listen to mm-hmm. a podcast about a tv show so that's what we are well, they want to hear us them. talk about yes it. exactly exactly it's 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 specific to us right so, you know, Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, Larry David, they meet, and they put together this, this the idea of this show, which you said uh, you had an interesting story about. Like, mm-hmm. the, the per, maybe the birthplace of the show, the origin of the show, came from them just walking around one right. day, correct? Well, so it was – Jerry got approached um, by NBC to – um, to do a show because he was he a was, successful comedian right he was he was an up-and-coming comedian at the time yeah. and so he asked larry to do it with him and they were just walking around in the store kind of thinking about ideas and what they should do and then they started cracking jokes about things at the store just like you know everyday things that you right. do and um this larry was like well, this is what the show should be it should just be everyday everyday life. stuff yeah and that's the beauty of it because um for me Throughout the day, every day, I always think of something related to Seinfeld. Yeah, and it's, that's it's a believable story. It's it's as if they shot it documentary style, and it also seems like it's improvisa- mm-hmm. improvisation, right. which is uh, something that Larry David likes to do because, as you know, his other show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm-hmm. which has been going for quite some time, it, you know, it rivals the length of Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry David, uh, they don't have a script for. Curb your enthusiasm. That's right, yeah. They just have situations. They put the cast into those situations, and then the lines are basically improvised. 
Uh, now Seinfeld, of course, it was scripted, scripted, right? Uh, and it was it, it's like a chemical formula because there might be a joke at the beginning of the episode, and then at the end it would pay it off. All it, it, it would all come together at some point. So the the writing that they went to, because I've also read articles and, and heard stories about Jerry Seinfeld, and Larry David locking themselves into like an office or just a room and just you know trying to get all of these mm-hmm. ideas, all of these episodes put together because it is a demanding schedule. They would have to put together you know twenty one, twenty two episodes and then present it to mm-hmm. NBC. And they wanted each episode to be just as good as the last. They weren't. They were not lazy whatsoever. And so they wanted to, uh, you know, all the time bring out mm-hmm. quality product. And so they they intensely worked on these on these shows and the, and the scripts. And it really you can really tell. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what season was it? Whenever uh, Larry David stepped away. Uh, season eight. So season he eight. did one through seven, and you can tell there's a difference. There is a there is a difference. Which right. Jerry Seinfeld, I'm sure, still played a large large part in writing right. eight and nine. Um, it's one of those things where you, you think of a regular TV show, the main character is not writing all the episodes, right. but Jerry Seinfeld was behind the scenes, you know, saying, "I think this would look good here. Or this joke yeah, should probably be told here." He was a producer, a writer, an yeah. actor. I can't. And I'm sure it was extremely right. tiring, and probably played a role into him maybe maybe saying that that's he didn't why they do, stepped away. Why yeah. he didn't want to do that. They last, were still last the, they season. were the only show on television to cancel as number one yep they yep. were still on top it wasn't yep. because they were sliding it was just and you're and you're exhausting. saying you're saying they right you're referring to the cast because it had they had a star-studded cast mm-hmm. uh, probably one of the best cast the television will ever see right. uh, jerry seinfeld played himself uh, julia louis dreyfus played elaine bennis mm-hmm. jason alexander played george costanza and michael richards played cosmo kramer and we were talking about larry david being a writer producer uh for the show uh, he actually played. He he's a, he does a lot of voices. Mm-hmm. You don't ever see him in the show. It maybe maybe once the or twice. His, oh, that's right. The Cape Man. Yeah, he's the Cape Man. But he is doing voices throughout the show, and you just kind of if you if you know Larry David, then you, you catch those voice things. And it's yeah, great. And, it, and it is great. It's funny. But like I said, Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, the basis of Seinfeld, uh, the show, is basically just like Jerry Seinfeld's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the show, he's a comedian. Uh, and he's he's living in New York, and he's just trying. He's not he's not trying to live paycheck to paycheck because he's doing quite well, uh, but it's just his daily life uh, as a comedian. And then he has we have Julie Louis Dreyfus who played Elaine Bennis. Elaine in the show is Jerry Seinfeld's ex girlfriend, but they were such good friends that they decided to stay friends, mm-hmm. which is something that's not entirely likely. However, it made it was believable in the situation. Um, so and Elaine Bennis is probably one of my favorite characters on the show. She she does a fantastic job. I don't think anyone could have played that role other than Julie Louis Dreyfus. She did fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Jason Alexander. He played George Costanza, and the character George Costanza was uh, what he was he was based off of Larry, Larry David. Yeah, right? Larry David. Yeah. So, but Jason Alexander played George Costanza, who is uh, Jerry Seinfeld's best friend in the show. And then you've got Michael Richards who plays Cosmo Kramer, probably the role that was built for him, that he was meant to play that role. Uh, and Kramer in the show is just Jerry's next-door neighbor right. Who's in his actually apartment a real, building. Based off a real based person. Based off a real person. So, that's, yeah, you mentioned earlier that most of the cast is based off real people, but mm-hmm. uh, you said Elaine was the only one. Yeah, Elaine was a made, like a made-up character for the show, just to add, I think, probably to add a female role in there. Right. Well, they, they did come in. I don't. Was she in the pilot? Because I, I do think there was a part, like, they, they had the script... And they maybe handed it over to NBC, or they maybe shot the pilot, and then they they came back and said, "You're going to need a female." And the role original, in this. yeah, the pilot was just the three of them. Yeah, it was just, and then that's when they decided to sign them. They told them that they needed to they needed to get a female. And role. they and they added Julia Louis Dreyfus, and I don't think that the show would have been, been Seinfeld yeah, without for her. Sure. So that was a really uh, important call by NBC, and it all worked out. Uh, just like like we've been talking about, the cast is just phenomenal. Uh, they play off each other. Uh, you know, the stories are always intertwined, but whenever 
whenever it goes off on one certain character, you're not you're not losing any interest. I know certain shows that you watch, uh, you have maybe, favorites. Yeah, like so you might it might follow like the main character, and then there's a sub subplot or something, and you're like, okay, I don't really care about that. I I want to get back yeah. to the main character. With this, uh, every single character I felt like was just as important as the next. And so if they had a if they had a episode that was like maybe a little bit more focused on Kramer, mm-hmm. or they had an episode that was more faced on Elaine, like you were always just invested in that because you were so uh, attached to the characters because they were so relatable in a way. It's one of the only shows that I have trouble deciding who my favorite characters are. That's because true. The, when I rewatch episodes and like I've rewatched, like you said earlier, several mm-hmm. times, and. Every time I watch it, you know the same episode again. I'll think this person's part in this right. show is hilarious, and I think this is one of the only shows that That's that true. does that for me. That's true, so. and not only is the main cast uh, just fantastic, but they also have a, a pretty good supporting cast. They have re- reoccurring characters. Uh, the one that probably everyone's familiar with is Newman, Newman. which is uh, is he a, a landlord? Is that how he started as, as Jerry's? Or he's the mailman? He's a mailman. Right. He lives uh, down the hall or something. Down the they hall just live from in Jerry, the same place, yeah. and he's like. Jerry Seinfeld's nemesis right. in, in the show, and right. he always says Newman. Newman. Yeah, so <laughs> it's really funny uh, how the characters interact. There's some other like Jason Peterman. Is that his name? What? Peterman. Oh Peterman. yeah, the, um, yeah, Mr. Peterman. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that Elaine's boss? That's Elaine's boss later on in like season seven, eight, nine. Yeah, and then we we also talked about. Uh, there's Kenny Banya. Yeah. he's the comedian that uh, he's a that Jerry he's like hates. A hack. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there, there's a lot of reoccurring characters that come in and out of the show. Uh, and every time you see them, you're you know you're just excited to see them as you were the main characters. But we're talking about the cast, and the cast makes up the show, which is often referred to as the show about nothing, mm-hmm. which is what you alluded to earlier. You said that they were just walking through a store, and they said, "Okay, why don't we just make this the show?" Uh, and so that's basically what they did. You know, most shows that they follow a relationship or maybe a career path, but Seinfeld really just embraced the attitude of telling a story while not actually telling a story. Like it was just something that. You know, it was just an everyday life. It was something that they maybe just put a camera on somebody and they followed them around, and that's what would have happened that day. Except it was scripted brilliantly. Mm-hmm. There were jokes thrown in, and it just all worked out at right. the end of the day, and, and it was awesome. I think that's why it's so iconic, is because it was so relatable to so many people. And we'll get yeah. into it later, talking about our favorite episodes. Right. But yeah. There's like some there's some episodes where it's like, man, I've been there before. Right. I know we're, that feeling. We're we're gonna talk about some iconic episodes and some quotes here in a little bit, and we also have put together our top five Seinfeld episodes. Uh, which we're really excited to which get I, to. Which I spoiled again. Yes, but <laughs> no, and that's good because people are like, I wonder if they're going to talk about certain episodes. Yes, okay. anybody that's listening right now Don't worry. And, and worried, <laughs> we are going to get we're to gonna that do it. at some point. But I do just want to talk about the show in general. Uh, the, the show about nothing, they refer to that. That's the, that's the beauty of it is Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld bring a lot of real-life things into the show. So whenever they were writing the show trying to figure out what they wanted to do with it they took that and actually inserted it Mm -hmm. into Seinfeld and there's episodes where like maybe they're going to NBC to pitch a TV show Mm -hmm. idea so it's like Inception it's a show within a show Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting because they even bring up like I remember there's a scene because most of the most of the time the settings for the show are Jerry's apartment the cafe and the the coffee shop yeah the coffee shop sorry and the cafe whatever however you want to call it um and maybe maybe Elaine's apartment but for the most part it's in those two places like that's where you see the cast or you see the characters Mm -hmm. and I remember in the coffee shop George was sitting across from Jerry and that he just said let's just make a show about nothing and Jerry's sitting there like what do you mean a show about nothing and it just really shows that you know George is Larry David and Larry David insert basically you know, made himself on the on the screen without having to play himself. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Larry David could have played 
George Costanza. Oh, uh, I do now. Yeah. Especially after watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Seeing how, like, you know, he's his screen presence is really, you know, good. Yeah. I, I just I don't think... know at that time. But, I mean, Jason Alexander, I wouldn't complain does, does, about it, his does a great job, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and, and, it, and it's just interesting because, like, we're all familiar with, you know, anybody that's watched Seinfeld knows George Costanza and thinks that Jason Alexander does a great job, but we never would have known how Larry David would have done mm-hmm. in that role. Uh, but right now we're, of course, just like, oh, it, ha- it would have to be Jason Alexander. Mm-hmm. But that's not taking away from Jason Alexander because he did a phenomenal job playing George Costanza. But really the, sh- the show about nothing, um, it doesn't feel like it's about nothing is, is the thing. That, like, that's, that's something that whenever they first got that, because there's an episode that we'll talk about later that kind of inspired this, and that's whenever they really hit their stride is whenever they did this one episode mm-hmm. and literally nothing happened. Um, and so all these shows on TV before, you know, like I said, it was following some sort of storyline. Like Cheers had a, it was in a bar. You yeah. Know, like that, and it was always going to be like, that's just what it was. Right. You know, and, but this show was just completely different. And uh, uh, the traditional sitcom cycle is that, you know, a problem arises in the beginning of the episode and then most of the time it's solved at and the end. And then there's a lesson. That was yeah, the one thing about this show is I remember reading an article one time that they said that they didn't want anything to be learned from it. Right. Like they wanted it to be... Like, it was almost like a cynical, but, like, it was, like, dark humor. You know right. what I mean? There was no, there was never a lesson at the end. Like, no, touchy-feely. No, no, no. Like, friends, you know, there's always something at and, the end. Like, and Seinfeld's one of those shows where a problem might have, you know, arisen in the beginning, but it was never resolved. Right, it like, almost so got worse. It, like, it might have even got worse, right. yeah. So that's the thing that was so interesting about Seinfeld is because it was, there was nothing like it. Because you talked about Cheers, some, you know, some other shows, like, Friends came into existence mm-hmm. in the 90s, and... Everyone would like love the idea that oh you know maybe one of the main characters is struggling with this. And then by the end of the episode, that was resolved. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, there's a new problem. Uh, and and a little like there was a little bit of storyline with most sitcoms, but with Seinfeld, each each episode stood alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's one of those shows where uh, if you skip ahead to season six, you don't and need watch an episode. Background. You basically can catch up on everything. You, you know you might you need to know familiar. You might need to be familiar with the characters and stuff, uh, but. For the most part, each episode stands alone by itself, and I think that's actually really great. Especially, I know I I was I watched Seinfeld on TV and stuff. Not whenever I was a kid, of course, because it came out in 1989 and right. I wasn't alive. Right. But I would watch it whenever I was growing up, like just an occasional episode. And I finally sat down, probably a year ago, and watched everything all the way through. And it was it was extremely like it's it it stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those shows that I think is always going to be popular. And it's a show that always is on television because of the reruns. Like, you cannot flip through and channel surf without seeing Seinfeld at some point. You know, and then it's even, it could be, you know, on, it's not on NBC, but it could be, you know, played TBS. on TBS or TBS something like that. Carries a Maybe lot. there's uh, like a Spanish, uh, you know, Spanish channel, and it's like Seinfeld Day, Monday, 6 to 6.30. <laughs> you know, like there's all kinds of things that, and they still advertise it as if it's a show that just came out. But the thing is, it didn't, mm-hmm. and and it's just as popular as it was, and so I was interested. I was intrigued because I thought, you know, Seinfeld is always on television. I wonder how much money that they're making from that, because of course, whenever they whenever they film this, whenever they produce this show, uh, they sign deals, you know, syndication deals mm-hmm. to where they'll still have you know get getting compensation for the show post post show, mm-hmm. like whenever it ended, and it's not coming on television anymore for the first time, they're still going to get money from reruns. And I was interested to find out that Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David still get a considerable amount of money from reruns and, and Seinfeld and the namesake of it. Uh, but the, the other three cast members, which Michael Richards, um, Jason, Julie, Alexander. Julie, yeah, Jason Alexander, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, they do not really get anything from these reruns. And it's because Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David own stakes in the show 
whereas the other three cast members do not. And so it says here, Vulture puts the worth of the, the Seinfeld empire at $3.1 billion. And so Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David are getting around $400 million probably a year just from reruns. Yeah. Where Jason Alexander, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Michael Richards are not seeing anything. And it's something that they were aware of and tried to be, tried to fight for because whenever they were looking at that last season, because we talked, you, you brought up the point, whenever they went off air, season nine, which we'll talk about the finale too because that's one of the most controversial finales right. uh, of, of all time. Um, which I, I don't really see it as that, but well, you know, and I'm not trying to get ahead of myself here. Right. But whenever they were, you know, pr- trying to negotiate for contract deals and stuff for that last season, because I think they all knew that going to that last season, it was probably going to be their last. Um, they they were making a ton of money. I think Jerry Seinfeld in the last season was making a million dollars an episode, and the other three cast members were making around six hundred thousand dollars each episode, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable. It's unfathomable. But the thing is. They they knew that the real money was going to be post show, right? Yeah. And like so now. they were gonna they were gonna get if they could crack a syndication deal, then that's where that's how they would make money. Uh, but the 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 people that were in the network, they said, okay, we're not gonna be able to do that. But then they upped their pay for that last season, uh, so that was like where they compromised. But they still didn't get really a great deal, uh, considering that Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David are still having money roll in because people are continually. Rerunning and rewatching these shows. So, did the network make that decision? It was it was a decision probably made by the network. Uh, I mean, and you have to think about it. If if they own stakes in the show, whoever owns stakes in the show still get that money, mm-hmm. uh, and there's not a lot of stakes to go around. So, it's one of those things where you feel like they probably deserved to have that money coming mm-hmm. back. And that at being least a said, little bit. And that being said, I know for a fact that there's no bad blood in between Jerry Seinfeld, Julia Louis Dreyfus, mm-hmm. like Michael Richards. They're all very close. So I'm sure if anything ever came up, like there would be an exchange of money or like mm-hmm. there would be some sort of deal met. I think they all just know that, you know, because of the success of this show, they were all going to be able to move on and do other things. And so they didn't, they didn't think mm-hmm. that it would be like they would have to live off this money for the rest of their life. And it's now, not like they're hurting for it either. No, I mean, <laughs> for the most part, Michael Richards had that, you know, mess up. Yeah. You, you hate that for him. Uh, and then, but I'm assuming he's still doing just yeah, fine. Yeah, and Jason Alexander, he's uh, been in a couple shows, but the the two people, which Jerry Seinfeld, has he done a lot since he I wouldn't stopped? say so. I mean, no. he still does. He tours for comedy. He tours. He has comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which, which is a fantastic and, but show. But I don't know how much money. I guess he just got signed by Netflix, yeah. though. So And then but, he did the B-movie. Oh, that's right. But right. up until I know for a fact that up until recently he was still one of the highest paid actors. Yeah. In Hollywood, yeah. It's, and it's actually he, his crazy. show had been off for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and, uh, and I guess because he's not making that much much money off the B movie, which right. well, that was a fantastic movie. Right. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that that was a you know one of the best movies no, of all time sure. or anything. Uh, and then I know that Julia Louis Dreyfus, she's gone on to do great things. Uh, she was she was on Arrested Development there for a while, which is one of my favorite shows. Uh, and then she also was, uh, she has her own show, Veep, which is highly successful and highly popular. I need to watch that. Yeah, it, it, it's actually very good. Um, but the thing is, that they all knew that, that's whenever whenever you strike lightning like that, like they, they caught lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. with that cast. And that happens, you know, not not often really, because you see it, you saw it with Friends. Maybe uh, The you Office. S- you saw it with The Office, with The Big Bang Theory. Like whenever you get a cast together... Uh, and it if just you can works. put together a sitcom for more than like seven years, then you did. Yeah. Something well, really look how many look how many shows make it less than a year. Right. Like they they do one season and that's it. That's that just shows that these shows that they created 
like like Friends and and The Big Bang Theory and The Office and Parks and Rec and mm -hmm. especially Seinfeld, how successful uh, the cast was because that's always really what what's behind it. I think is you know of course the writing and the and the production and stuff. But it takes important. a lot of chemistry. Like but the you're chemistry, spending that yes. much time with people and. Yes. When it comes down to money and parts and lines and all that, there's got to be a lot of conflict. Definitely, definitely. They so. worked it out. So there was a lot of a uh, lot of chemistry right. uh, with with the cast, and they they easily created iconic episodes, and they had they had great quotes from all these episodes, uh, and that's one of the things where whenever you're producing it, I wonder if you know that it's going to be an iconic episode or if it just happens to catch with all the, the people, audience, like right. all the people that well, are watching. Well, that's the people that make it. You know, the audience is. Right, the ones who make it iconic. So we've got we've got our top five Seinfeld episodes here, but we're gonna first talk about some. I guess you could say these are honorable mentions. Uh, they didn't make our top five, but these are regardless, you know, some of the best episodes of Seinfeld. And you know, some of these, I, I, for someone that's listening and that's a huge Seinfeld fan, they might say, "What? They didn't make it?" Mm. Well, hopefully you'll agree with our list, and if you don't, it doesn't matter because it's our list. You know, like our list. It's just because we're putting this out there doesn't mean you have to get. Well, I don't like your list there. I think this one should be there and that one should be here. Well, Make if that's how you, if that's how you want it, then write down your own list. We're doing the ninety-five percent. You guys are doing the last five percent. So maybe your last five percent is writing down your top five Seinfeld episodes, posting it. it, posting it on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, or possibly just sending us an email. We love reading emails, and I do it all the time. Honestly, Alec, it takes me, uh, you know, I usually devote at least 45 minutes a day to I admire my you emails. for that. That's yeah. insane. It's, it's insane how much feedback we get, and it's just exhausting, but I don't mind doing it because I love You love connecting. your fans. I love, I love and the that's fans. What, I love that's connecting. what makes me love coming here is yes, because exactly. I know how much you care yeah, about it. Yeah, we really do. And let's let's go ahead and get to the iconic episodes because we kind of got off there for a second, and it was my fault. So no, I said we, but okay. it was mostly myself. But the iconic episodes that we came up with, uh, the first one that we have here is the limo. Now, the limo is the episode where I think Jerry was supposed to get picked up from the airport, right? And uh, they both uh, – George was supposed to pick up Jerry from the airport and his car broke down. And then there was some guy There was some guy sign, holding a sign. And, and they pretended to be those pretended people. To be those and people. it was actually the leader of the Aryan – like, the, Ari like yeah, the Nazi party. The, the Nazi party. And that <laughs> is just – like that's that's hilarious because they slow – that story slowly unravels because you think it's just like a, a nonsense. Let's just take this limo and see what happens. Uh, they were supposed to go to Madison Square Garden, mm -hmm. so they thought it was a Knicks game. But they ended up being – uh, a neo-Nazi rally. Right. So that's just, it's one of those things where how do you come up with that? Where does that come from? And it just, it's a testament to Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld for creating uh, such an absurd story like that. Uh, the other one that we have on here is The Hamptons. Now, The Hamptons is a great episode. That's uh, my dad's favorite episode, That's actually. the shrinkage episode, right? Yes. I was in a pool. I was in a pool. It's shrinkage. Yeah, and so, all guys know exactly what we're talking yes, about. Yes, and, and if you're listening and you're not sure... Uh, maybe maybe look it up, but be careful. Is, yeah. all, is all I'll say. But the Hamptons uh, is one of the funny episodes where, of course, they just they take a small like weekend trip or vacation to the Hamptons, uh, and it's just you know hilarity ensues. Of course, then you have the Bus Boy, which is one of my personal favorites. Do you remember the Bus Boy? It's the one where uh, he drops something. Oh, or, or, the fire! Yeah, he starts and, the fire. And, and he yeah, start, and he starts fire. the fire, and so then the Bus Boy gets fired, right? Literally, and then. They, lo uh, they lose his cat. Then they lose his cat. Like <laughs> this, this bus boy, this poor bus boy, his life was doing absolutely fine. And then the until, cast just ruined until him. he met, until he crossed paths <laughs> with the cast of Seinfeld, of course. And it just, it's just a really funny story. 
And that's one where you feel bad for the character, but you just it's okay. Yeah. The Chicken Roaster, where the chicken restaurant opens up across from Kramer's apartment. Uh, the iconic scene where Kramer opens, comes through, the, opens the door and falls backwards. Okay. Kramer was so great with entrances and exits exits from Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. Um, that's one thing that I, I'm glad that I mentioned because we hadn't mm-hmm. up until this point. I love that episode. Um, the main thing I remember from that is... They switch apartments for a little bit, and Jerry goes into Kramer's, and then yes. he starts acting like Kramer. Like Kramer and a it, little bit, yeah. It's just like, for some reason, that just sticks out to me. Um, the Stranded, the they, these are more of the, the episodes where there's iconic quotes. Because uh, those, those, were, those were some that were maybe honorable mentions. These are the quotes that, that I think Seinfeld's known for. Uh, the Stranded is the episode where Elaine says, Well, maybe the, the dingo, dingo ate your baby. baby. <laughs> And so that's a really funny episode. The Soup Nazi did not make our top five. It was a tough. It was tough to get it out. Right. Uh, but of course, everyone knows no, no soup, soup for you. you. So the the idea is that this guy makes the best soup in New York, but he's very strict with how you can purchase his soup. Like a Nazi. Yeah, basically. There's a lot of huh, a lot of, yeah, they, a lot of Nazi well, stuff. Well, he's Jewish. Well, so. I guess that's fine. Yeah. Then you have the alternate side, and every you know the the main the main plot of that episode is fine, but I think the subplot really steals the show there because Michael Richards is in a Woody Allen film. And that's the iconic line where his his line in the movie is, "These pretzels are making me thirsty." And so they all try to figure out how he should deliver that line, and it's just it's just hilarious. And then the last one that we have on our uh, list that's not in our top five is the Magic Loogie, which is the episode where they're trying to figure out is it Newman that got hit or was it Kramer that it got hit? It was Kramer like, that got hit leaving a baseball game, and they were talking trash to a baseball player the whole game, and yes. then he spit on him, and it's making fun of Make, the Kennedy yeah, assassination. Yeah, it's making, making light of the Kennedy right. assassination, which is something that I don't think a lot of but people But it was 30 years of. later, so... That's true, that's true. Uh, but that the the quote from that is, back into the left, right. Jerry. So they're looking at... And that's the, one magic loogie. That's one magic loogie, you know, which it's is based also off referring of the, to the magic bullet. Yeah, like the theories or the yeah. conspiracy theories on the bullets going through his right, shoulder. Right, Coming up, coming Which, back. Hey, if you're interested in the Kennedy assassination, it's an episode. Has done done an episode on the JF Kennedy assassination, so go check it out. We are now, I'm not trying to plug my own podcast <laughs> in the podcast, it just happened, and now we're going to go through our top five Seinfeld episodes. At number five, we decided fits best at number five, the puffy shirt. Okay, so the premise of this episode, so after misunderstanding Kramer's low-talking girlfriend, Jerry ends up wearing a pirate-style shirt for his appearance on the Today Show. And the puffy shirt remains one of the most the series' most iconic episodes, uh, and it's just a really funny uh, visual to see Jerry Seinfeld in this in this mm-hmm. big white puffy shirt. Um, and you know, it, it's just a funny because the low talking girlfriend. Yeah, that's that's my the, favorite part of it yeah. is because she was talking and he couldn't understand her, and, and he, he was like, uh-huh. agreed. Yeah, 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 sure. And then so then she he agreed to wear a shirt on the uh, on the Today Show, the Today Show, and, and yeah. it was an awful shirt. It's just really funny, and it's I love saying that. Like that's one of those things that I said is relatable. Like I can say that like for my dad and my sister, we'll say like you, oh, that's a low talker. You yeah, know, low we, talker. We use right. that type of that exactly. Type of language, you, you pick you up know? the Seinfeld lingo right. and, you, and you and you utilize it in your daily life. Mm-hmm. Number four at our top on our top five is the parking garage. Now this is after <laughs> after the cast is shopping at the mall. Jerry, George, Kramer, and Elaine struggle to remember where they parked their car in the parking garage. It's a frustrating episode, and it's very similar to uh, a, another episode that's on our list. But literally, they they I mean I think Kramer's carrying around an air conditioner the entire episode. Uh, Elaine has a goldfish mm-hmm. maybe, and it's slowly dying. And it's the slowly whole time. dying the whole time. <laughs> And they can't remember where they parked their car in the parking garage. Now, I think we've all been there, 
but the entire episode like is it, they're only in the parking garage. Jerry gets in trouble right with the law because he pees. He, yeah, he, he pees in the pee. in the parking garage and the, in the and security guy. And he keeps trying guy. to lie to the security. Yeah, man the security about... guy starts like getting on to him. And so that's just a really uh, funny episode, and that really kind of emphasizes the show about nothing uh, mentality that that they utilized mm-hmm. in their show. And one of the things that sticks out to me in that episode is so they always did Jerry's sick or his stand ups, you know, yes. in between. Right. And he he says it's always a, in one of his stand ups. He said it's always a bad sign when you're following somebody to your car and they do and like they, they, they do, do the, the turnaround the they do the and stop and they turn around yeah. and i do that i do that almost obnoxiously yes. whenever i'm looking for my car and i always right. tell that story and like the because, person I'm with because will be like, what? again again that is something that actually happens <laughs> right in everyday life number three we have the marine biologist now the premise of this episode george costanza he always dreamed of being an uh, pretending to be an architect but this episode sees him trying to convince a woman that he is a marine biologist uh, and then also in this episode, like Elaine, uh, her PDA gets weaponized after a temperamental Russian author hurls it out the window and it hits a woman in the head. <laughs> and Kramer practices golfing on the beach. And the, this is one of the funniest moments, I think, of the series. A whale, uh, you know, wraps up on the, washes up on the right. beach. And George is on the beach. And he's with the girl. And he's with the girl. And, and, and they're like, is anybody a, and, is anyone Larry a, David. Is anyone a marine Be biologist? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you are, or whatever. And they get this the, the whale up there, and they find out that the reason why it washed up on the beach, it, it was losing oxygen because there was a golf ball stuck in its blowhole, mm-hmm. and Kramer was the one that right. hit the golf ball. And it's beautiful because at the very end or whatever, G- or George is telling this whole story because it got a lot of public news or whatever. They yes. Made. And then uh, he he's like, he pulls the, the golf, golf ball at the end, and then Kramer. And Kramer they all they all look at him, and then he's like, "Hole, hole in one. one." Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> one of the funniest moments of, of the series. I love that episode. Number two on our list is the Chinese restaurant. Now, this is known as the benchmark for the show. Uh, that's the, the tag. The show about nothing uh, really takes place here because, I, and this is where I was talking about earlier. They really hit a stride with this episode because this gave them a uniqueness. Like it was, it stood out, and people started watching and following the show after. Uh, the, the Chinese restaurant episode, literally, they're waiting for their table mm. the entire time. You never see them sit down at the table. So frustrating. And it's incredibly frustrating because as a, you know, if you had never watched Seinfeld before, you'd be like, are they ever going to get a table? Mm-hmm. And then you get to the end of the episode and they never get the table. And they are just consistently getting frustrated because, you know, it's Jerry, George, and Elaine. They they are waiting forever for this table and they never get one at the Chinese restaurant. And it's just and people keep walking in after walking them in and getting, getting tables and tables. And there's a dare like you. How much? How much do yeah. I pay you if you go eat that? Yeah. Whatever or this the roll or whatever. It's and just, that's what I love about it too is like when you're in situations where you're bored out of your mind or you're doing something like monotonous like that, and you do things with your friends where yeah. you're just trying to entertain right, yourself. Right. And, it's and that's like, exactly, that's exactly what, what they were they doing. And they made it into a, a television show. And so. now, of course, I think everyone knows that this is going to be our number one because I think it's everyone's number one. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of a controversial episode mm-hmm. whenever it first aired, uh, but it's called the contest. And this whole the whole episode revolves around a wager of which of the which which member of the gang could go the longest without masturbating, masturbating, yeah, yeah. Or, or pleasuring themselves, however you master want to say it. Master their domain. Yeah, who was master? <laughs> they they did a whole episode about uh, you know masturbation without ever saying it and saying, "Are you master of your domain?" Because mm-hmm. it was the, the censors would not allow them to do that. There was never ever an episode of television that revolved around this storyline, and they were the first one to do it. 
and it's just cra it's hilarious they, they make a bet and then you know people come into the apartment and they throw money on the table and say i'm out i'm out and like the funny <laughs> thing is there's a lot of temptations uh you know elaine uh sees john f kennedy jr jerry's and dating a virgin jerry's dating a virgin and then there's a naked, <laughs> a naked woman, woman. <laughs> across this across the street in her apartment so they have to you know go against all odds to, to win this contest right. and it's just it's one of the funniest episodes and it's great kramer's out in like the yeah, first kramer's like, 10 out minutes in the first, yeah first two minutes probably <laughs> Uh, but that is our top five Seinfeld episodes, and that's also the podcast. I think we probably covered the, the show to about 95%. Um, I, I actually think that there's a lot of similarities between Seinfeld and this podcast because we say the show where you hear about everything and learn that's about That's what nothing. I was thinking. Yeah. About. So yeah. Uh, I think I think this one we, we presented a lot of information, but it was probably stuff that you either didn't need to know about or not necessarily necessary. Mm -hmm. So, uh, with that being said, I still had a great time, and you did a fantastic job, so I appreciate you, you coming in Thank you. and helping out and doing this episode over Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. So, I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did, I did. I want to say something. Your last 5% is to go watch some Seinfeld episodes. Go watch some Seinfeld episodes. And, and get through. Hulu. It's so different than anything you'll ever watch, but if you just watch a couple episodes, you'll start to get in the groove of it, and right. you'll understand... The genius of it. So beautiful, that's your last. A 5%. beautiful call to action right. by our guest Alec Rabone today. Alec, thank you for being here, and that's going to wrap it up for this episode of All You Need to Know. My name is Quinn Eaton. I'm Alec Rabone, and you guys take it easy. This has been All You Need to Know. If you have a topic you would like to hear about, message us on Twitter or Facebook, or send us an email at All You Need the Number Two No Zero Zero at gmail.com rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts and tune in every wednesday because here at ayn2k we've got you covered